morning and I hope that your day, whether this be a, a Wednesday morning or a Thursday, whatever day you are listening to this, I hope that it finds you well. And just welcome to another episode, episode 41 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. Today, we've got an amazing guest on, Matt Hoagland. And at the time of airing this, I know that you all are in limbo. You don't really know what's going on alongside with all of the Corona COVID-19 stuff going on. And we're just in a really unique position in all of our businesses. And one of the reasons that we wanted to have Matt on, and it's actually really good timing that this episode is airing and that Matt was able to be on this podcast, is how do we move forward in our businesses? Kind of what do we do during this time? And so I think that that's something that's really important and something that we all can take away from. So Matt has actually been in business for 12 years, and he's a really solid business mind when it comes to knowing how to navigate times like this and really what we need to be doing as businesses or or what we can be doing as businesses, his positive outlooks on this and more. So I think that if you are struggling at this point in time, this is going to be a really great episode for you to listen to. But we also dive into things other than just what's going on right now because we, we need a break from it. Let's be real. So we can't just come into this and only talk about that. So we also wanted to touch on all the other good stuff that we do in Real Talk. So we talk about kind of what's next for Matt's business, why he got started, how him and Allison met. They're actually a husband-wife team. So if you've heard of Matt, it's Allison Ragsdale Photography. He's kind of the back-end marketing business guy, while Allison is more of the shooter. They shoot weddings together, but Matt's really that business marketing mind behind that. So if you've heard of Allison Ragsdale Photography, which you probably have, you've also probably encountered Matt Hoagland to an extent as well. So wanted to touch on that of what they've been doing over the last 12 years that they've been in business, what's worked well, what they've learned, and really just touch on the journey of them as a photography studio and really what they can kind of inspire you to do during this time or or just even just pick out little nuggets of information and and goodies that you can then implement into your business. So thank you so much for being on the Senior Saga Real Talk podcast. If you haven't had a chance to head over to iTunes and leave a review, if you're a longtime listener or maybe you stumbled upon one or two, we would love it if you would do that. It helps us out so much and helps us reach more photographers that we can help inspire through all of these amazing guests' stories. I want to feature Ron Gray's interview—not uh, interview, but testimonial client review. And he starts out by saying, this should be a required listen for photographers. He goes on to say, I really enjoy listening to this podcast. Formatted as an interview of industry photographers or service providers, Sean does a great job of never making it feel stuffy or clinical, but more like you're listening to a conversation between two friends just exchanging stories about their journeys. It's a wonderful mix of learning about their personal life, the challenges and successes they've experienced, and how those experiences have influenced their business over the years. It's refreshing to hear the photographers many of us follow and look up to have lived through the exact same struggles and made the same mistakes as we have. While you'll likely pick up a tip or two from each episode you can apply to your business, I get much more from comparing how differently everyone operates. This drives home how important it is to realize there is no one right way to do something, and you just need to find success in what works best for you. Well done. Well, well done for that review, Ron. That was more than we could have ever asked for. 
So go ahead, leave a review. We're going to be featuring some reviews throughout the podcast episodes as we go along and continue on our Real Talk journey. But without further ado, we wanted to get you into this episode, episode 41 with Matt Hoagland. I think you all are going to take away something really big and just get you through the push. Um, And from always from Senior Saw Guide, we are with you every single step of the way throughout this entire journey. I know that it's new uncharted waters, but we want to keep putting out these podcast episodes and hope that they continue to inspire you and just make your day a little bit better. So we'll see you in the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I am your host, Sean Brown, and today we've got an awesome guest on. I'm actually super excited for this episode. Tons of knowledge for you all is going to be dumped in this episode, I can already tell. We've got Matt Hoagland on from Allison Ragsdale Photography. They are a husband-wife team based in Durango, Colorado. It's actually um, a couple, a few hours away, I should say, from my old hometown, just outside of Denver. So I really always love connecting with other Coloradans and getting to hear their story. But Matt uh, is a tremendous marketer and brander and just kind of a business mind. So especially if you're struggling with that side of business or want to hear more about that, this episode is going to be for you. Aside from Allison Ragsdale Photography, he also owns matthoagland.com, which is a resource site for other photographers. And then he also runs the From Nothing to Profit podcast with Kaya Bondurant. And so that's a tremendous podcast too, if you all want to check out another listening site, if you guys are just trapped in quarantine right now at the time of airing and just absolutely need something to listen to. So super excited to have you on today, Matt. Um, just welcome. Yeah, thanks so much. That was a really good introduction. I should just like take that clip and then just put that everywhere. Just that throw was... it in the beginning of, of all the podcasts, even if you're not yeah. on them, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So cool. well, good, tell good, us, to see you. good to see you. Good to see you. So um, at the time of airing this episode, we're what, at April 6th. So I'm not sure how long Colorado's been kind of locked down from this COVID-19 stuff, but wanted to touch on just kind of how you're doing before we get into kind of who you are and just do a quick check-in on you. Yeah, I mean, we've been shut down for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, we have a stay-at-home order in our state. So I would say we've probably been shut down. I can't keep track. It's probably been two weeks now, but we haven't had business probably in three weeks. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to figure out how to make it. I mean, we were fortunate enough to do some really cool things. Um, we're in the process of doing really cool things that kind of helped us anyways. For example, one thing we do is we uh, follow the profit first model. Um, of running our accounting and our business. And so we had done that for a whole year. And then we are in the second iteration of cutting even more expenses. So we had done that like maybe just a couple weeks before this whole thing hit. Yeah, so good timing on your part. Then. And so we'd already done that and we'd already had the discussion in a non-emotional way about like, well, maybe we could cut these other things, right? There's a few things on the chopping block that we kind of just left. And then as soon as this hit, it was like, yeah, those are getting, those are getting chopped for sure. So um, did that and yeah, did a couple other things and we can talk about other things that I've done during this, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll dive into the business. I mean, how, I are you, how are you and Allison doing personally? Uh, yeah, personally fine. I mean, we just, yeah. we work together all day. So <laughs> spending all this time together, it really isn't any different. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just like everybody. We're just trying to navigate it day by day. Um, this week I'm trying to stay off social media. Last week I tried to stay off, you know, the, the 24 hours news cycle. Okay. Um, 
I try to get outside a little bit and stuff like that. So it's interesting. And they're encouraging people in Colorado to go outside and then everybody went outside. And so then this week they're like, maybe you guys all shouldn't go outside at once. Um, well, it's in Colorado. Everyone wants to go out and enjoy the beautiful landscapes that you all have. Yeah. Well, they were showing like some parking lots of some major trailheads up by Denver where you lived and um, where I grew up. And uh, I mean, there was like, you know, cars parked for like half a mile down the yeah. road and stuff like that. Like everybody's on those trailheads right now. So anyways, I, I mean, I think that's good, but they're all, they're also like, I don't think anybody knows how to do this. So from day to day, the panic is in a different spot, but anyways, yeah, we're, we're doing fine. We're trying to get outside. My wife and I are huge fly fishermen. So we've been trying to fish a little bit. I mean, it's not the best time of year to go fly fishing, but we've been, we've been out and about to do and yeah. get out of the house. Yeah, cool. for sure. Well, for those who are listening who maybe haven't heard of you or this is kind of their first encounter with you and Allison Ragsdale Photography, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you guys got started. Yeah, so we've been in the industry for, let's call it 12 years. Um, we had a really small studio in Denver when Allison was going to the Art Institute. And then we uh, moved to Durango. That's where she grew up. And we opened a business 12 years ago. And... Yeah, we started mostly as a senior portrait business, um, but because we live in a little bit of a smaller town, we've become kind of the, you know, all around. So we do mostly seniors, but we do families, uh, a lot of families based around our senior clients, um, some weddings and headshots. And then because we do all that, you know, occasionally we have like a, a newborn trickle into the studio or something like that. But yeah, so we've been in business 12 years. Um, we've had some different iteration for a long time. It was just Allison and I, then we grew to the point where we had lots of employees. And then recently in the last, let's call it year and a half, we've really downsized because what we realized is that as we were adding all these employees, we really weren't taking any more money home. We were doing a lot more revenue, but we weren't really taking any more money home. So we were like, well, let's just make it where we can kind of build our own schedule and we don't have to worry about, you know, keeping a Trello list of all of our employees to do's and stuff like that too. So, um, yeah, okay. downsized, downsized a little bit and yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Cool. For, I guess story, how'd you and Allison meet? <clears throat> we met at a camera store. I was actually managing a camera shop selling cameras and she came in and got a job when she was, um, in college. I was in college at the same time, but, um, she got a job at, you know, our one hour photo counter, um, while she was going to the art Institute. And so then we hit it off there and then you know, I, so connection I, over photography from the very beginning. Yeah. And so then I transferred stores uh, and I actually opened a new store. Um, and that allowed us to start dating cause we weren't working together anymore. And the rest is history. Super cool. And yeah. have you guys always done business? It sounds like you've always done business together or kind of how have you navigated that over the years or has it just come naturally to you all? Um, I mean, I don't think Allison's first, thought of how this whole thing would go would it be that she'd own her own studio, but um, that's kind of been always been my passion. And so, yeah, I mean, we've pretty much ran a studio the whole time we um, have known each other. When I first moved to Durango, I, I took a teaching job and I taught high school math for a couple of years, um, which was pretty cool. It helped us with the senior market um, and it helped me kind of get that stage of my life out of the way. As most teachers know, like it's normally just a stage. There's very few career teachers and the ones that are are amazing, but um, definitely not a normal thing. And so got that out of my system. And then I've um, been at the studio full time with her ever since. So cool. Um, and I know a little bit of background. You guys it's mainly almost separate the shoot, or at least you guys used to from kind of what I was right, reading 
shooting kind of was Allison's thing. And then you were kind of almost like the behind the scenes business person. Is that kind of still how it is? Yeah, that's how it is. I mean, we photograph weddings together and a few other things together, but, um, for the most part, we try to separate stuff as much as possible because anybody that works with their spouse knows when you start overlapping, that's when the arguments happen. And so, yeah, we try to separate stuff as much as possible so that we kind of have our own jobs. And then obviously we meet together and have strategic meetings weekly and stuff like that. But for the most part, she's doing all the shooting and I'm doing all the business stuff. So Awesome. What drew you to the business side? Is it just something you've always liked? Yeah. And my family, um, you know, grew up, you know, I grew up around entrepreneurs and um, stuff like that. So like, you know, all my uncles own businesses and my grandfather was a huge business person. And so I just kind of grew up all always around that and was intrigued by it. And then, so when I had an opportunity to start my own business versus working for somebody else, um, I did it. And just to tell you, I haven't told very many people this, but I was a terrible employee. Like <laughs> I was one of those people, I was like such a disruptor in like it, I'm sure my bosses hated me because I was like, well, we can always do this better. We can do this better and then do this better. And something better doesn't always mean like makes more money for the time putting in it. But it was like, we could be doing all this stuff. And I think for a while they really liked me and that's why I ended up managing my own camera store and stuff like that. But I think at the same time, like I'm sure they're like, well, or we could kind of just like work four days a week and, and relax. And so um, when you realize that after a couple of bosses, you realize like, Oh, I just need to go do my own thing because I don't have enough control over what's going on. So. Well, a lot of times there are, are there's red tape and procedures that you have to follow where it's like, exactly like you said, it's like, wow, we could streamline this by about tenfold if we just did yeah. these few things. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, so I learned that very early. It's going to be very hard for me to ever work for somebody else. Um, I did, this is a really interesting story. I haven't told very many people either that um, a couple, like a year or so ago, two years, a couple years ago, I took a job just very part-time at a fly shop because we had a bunch of employees and I was finding myself with not a lot to do. And I realized in the process, I was losing perspective of what it was like in the real world. You know what I mean? Because I, I was just in this bubble of our studio. And so I actually took a job. It started as three, like just three part-time days um, at the fly shop in the morning. Basically, I just help everybody get on the river and that was it. And then it quickly just became like one day a week for the, for a little while after that. And it was really cool to have a different perspective on like, oh, this is how the world actually works. This is what it's like to have a boss that's not your wife. You know, this is what it's like to have coworkers and stuff. And it was really, really healthy for me. Um, and then obviously, I left that and we decided to, you know, downsize our business a little bit, like in terms of revenue. So. Let's unpack that a little bit because I actually think that at least from my personal experience, um, other jobs or other positions that I've had previously really actually impact how I run my business to a large extent. And I think that if you have any outside experience, that's, you know, one of the ways. So a lot of what I learned on in terms of like the sales side is actually stuff that I learned working with Apple. Right. And you know, how they market, how they brand, how they set up their products, how they even just approach the sales psychology for their, for their customers influences a lot of how I actually work with my clients today. So what were some things maybe you took away from that, that you were able to implement back into the business or kind of your aha moment that you had from working outside the studio for a little while? Well, I think one of them was just, well, one of, one of the obvious ones is like, is that your mood and what you're dealing with really affects your employees because it was interesting for me to kind of get flipped, you know, from being the boss 
and all my stuff trickling down to having somebody above me trickling down to me. So that was just one of the perspectives like, oh yeah, you know, those days when I'm having bad days, I probably just either need to go home or, or like, you know, work from home or do something else because I'm not really helping the situation any. Um, not that I was a grumpy boss or anything, but you know what I mean? It just gives you, yeah, you we all have our days. Yeah, it gives you perspective. Um, and then the other thing that helped me realize is, so a lot of people in the fly fishing industry, so they spend a lot of, they, you spend a lot of money to work with a guide for just a day. And a lot of people you meet in the fly fishing industry, that's like their one trip all year. You know, like they get just a couple weeks off from work and they have, you know, limited resources or some of them have plenty of resources, but they choose to spend it with, um, with the fly shop and go with the guide. And so you realize just how much a big deal of your vacation is to them. And then it just helped me just remember like, okay, these, you know, the, this money that people are spending in our photography business is like hard earned money and they're choosing to spend it with us, you know? And so it just gave me a, a, a different appreciation, not even a different appreciation. It just reminded me that like, okay, you know, we are a luxury business and people choose to work with us, which is, which is a cooler model than just like being a, a trash man where like we're a necessity, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I think right there, that's an amazing parallel because you have essentially two things that you, like you said, are once in a year or um, once in a lifetime with senior portraits and, you know, your attitude, how you're approaching it, how you're delivering your services to your client, how you're approaching just the session or the, the sale or the trip or whatever itself, I think right there connects hand in hand with what you said. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it was just, I mean, I, I would just sum it up as perspective, you know, it just gave me an, a fresh perspective. So that's awesome. Um, you mentioned kind of touch on the business stuff while we're still in kind of this, you know, coronavirus sphere uh, for, you know, next few weeks or months or however long, I don't think really any of us know. Um, what are you doing business wise during this time to kind of keep your business going, keep momentum going, clients booking, or um, even just serving your existing clients. Sure. And let me, let me just start by prefacing. There's not probably a wrong or right way to navigate this. I am going with this philosophy that we're going to try to keep our business moving forward. We're going to try to make money where we can. And we're, I'm assuming that everybody's going to get a pass no matter what decisions they make during this time. So that's my, I've talked to a lot of other people like on my podcast um, and talked to a lot of other people and they have a different philosophy. We should be doing this. We shouldn't be doing that and stuff like that. I'm just going with the philosophy that I'm going to do what's best for me in my studio. And I'm assuming that no matter what decision I make, I'm going to get some kind of pass from the public because everybody's doing un, I don't know. I don't want to say unconventional things, but they're just doing things that they may would never do if it wasn't for these particular times. And so um, with that being said, one of the things that we're doing and none of this is controversial. It's just saying these are decisions I'm making that may not be good for your studio, but they seem to be good for our studio time. So one of the things was we're going back through basically 12 years of our clients and giving them an option to buy, you know, a digital package, especially, you know, five years ago when we didn't have digital packages before that was like really a popular thing. And so we're going back and just offering um, digital packages just to keep uh, revenues going. It's, it's been okay. I mean, not a ton of people are spending money, but I mean, we've we're making a couple thousand dollars a week. Um, doing it. And so that's, that's helping. 
Um, and then the other thing we're doing is we're just no, I'm just preparing for all of this to end. And so I'm getting all of my marketing and everything ready, um, for when all this ends. Um, and one of the things we'll probably circle back around and talk about a little bit is I'm just doing everything I can to build as many leads as possible right now so that when this all ends, I can hit the ground running with as many leads as possible. And let's, um, let's digest that because leads, I think to photographers might mean a couple different things. When you say leads, what do you mean by that? So I, in general, this is how I think about it. I need a lit and I do this year round, not just now, but I need a list of people that have raised their hand so that at any point I can tap into that pool of people and get them on my calendar. And so there's a lot of different ways. And I'll talk about how we normally see it. And we have, and we have tools and stuff. And we talk about that too, that, that help us with this. But basically I, when I go to a networking meeting, I want to make sure as soon as I leave, I write down all the people that showed any kind of interest in photography. Because if you don't write them down, you're just going to forget because maybe there's five of them that just showed some kind of thing. And maybe, maybe it's as easy as saying like, Oh, I saw you did so-and-so's headshot. It was great. You know, that's, that's a little, that's a lead. Other people are like, Oh, I saw so-and-so's headshot and I really need to get a headshot. That's obviously a much stronger or much warmer lead. Um, but you just got to write down those names. And so at any point, if we want to pivot to headshots or we want to pivot to seniors or whatever, we need a list of people to follow up with because I think where photographers get frustrated with the business part of it is that when it comes to marketing, they feel like they're just screaming from a rooftop at a bunch of strangers and it doesn't have to be that way. There's, there's strategies for that, but there's also ways to talk to people that already are interested and already know who you are. And that makes marketing feel a lot better, especially in the slow season. Cause like for us, February, March is pretty slow. And so that is when marketing feels just like super pitchy and it's not comfortable. But then at the same time, like in September and October, when we're super busy, you know, marketing doesn't feel that way. So you have to kind of navigate it with your own, I guess, emotional um, well-being with it is that, you know, there's different types of marketing for the clients, but there's also different types of marketing that you're willing to do at any given time. Totally. What's been the biggest challenge with all of a sudden just kind of having to not basically your asset is taken away where our asset is shooting, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have that anymore. So kind of what's been the biggest thing that you've had to adapt with by all of a sudden you're saying, wow, we can't really produce any new content. We can't do the shoots that maybe we were aligned with. We're going to do this to deal with it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I don't know how to even kind of work around that question. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's tough because I mean, like you said, I mean, our, our asset, our, our ability was really taken away. Um, but I don't think, I don't think it's all, that's all bad. I guess that's how I word it. it. I would say in this time, it's given us the gift of time. And so that's what I've been spending a lot of time thinking about is like, okay, there's a lot of stuff on my list that I just never felt like I had time to do. And now I have nothing but time. So now I just got to work on those things that I do have control over. Cause I can't control, you know, what the president's going to say to this press conference. I can't, I can't control what the governor is going to put in place. I can't control that stuff, but I can control, you know, the things that I know I can do that now that I have time. And so, um, and everybody's got that list of stuff that they want to do for sure. So, um, I mean, I saw a lot of marketing stuff to photographers and I've had a lot of people email me and they're circling back to some of the classes that I 
um, had sold them that they maybe didn't put everything in place or, you know, they bought a bundle and they didn't put all of it in place. So it's good to see people are circling back to that and logging back in and stuff like that. So that, that, that feels pretty good that some people are using this time, um, for their advantage. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but no, I think it does. Yeah. Cause I think that, you know, especially I kind of relate it to, um, you know, in the beginning of your business, we have all the time in the world. And I think that especially in the beginning of your business, you see a huge exponential growth in what you're learning, what you are implementing into your business. And then as we get busier and busier, we kind of see those efforts almost start to plateau. Yeah. What I mean by that is that we aren't putting in the same amount of time to those things that got us started in the very beginning because we got busier, we loaded other things onto our plate or whatnot. And so you kind of see almost kind of like a stagnation. And I think we're in a really interesting time where we as photographers are almost at a, we're, we're kind of at that plateau, but we have that chance to start going up on that curve again. Well, and also, yeah, make changes of things that you're like, Oh, I wonder, you know, well, I can't make this change because I'm on the treadmill. Like, you know, now maybe it's time to perfectly investigate how you want to change your business a little bit and, and put that in, put it in place. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, when you say time, I think that's really interesting. I think that the photographers that take, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, the only thing you have to do is work or focus on work during this time. You know, I think there are other things. We're all in a different position. We all have different family circumstances. We all have, um, you know, if we just need kind of a break from the world because it's a stressful time, you know, I think that it's okay to take a break. But I think you also have to realize that this isn't just a break. This is also a gift of time. Yeah. Um, and our businesses are still going to go on at the end of the day. So it's how you work with that time and really what you put into place that I think is going to set your, the trajectory of your business for not only this year, but what do you do next year and the year after in terms of new things that you found or implemented because of kind of this stoppage really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And hopefully you come out of this with a stronger business and some kind of new skill set because you have this time and you don't just like sit there and watch the 24 hour news cycle and just live in fear. You know, I don't think that's the solution. So otherwise you're, I mean, you might go crazy or you will go crazy if you do. If you do yeah, for that. sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I have my friends I, I know are watching the 24 hours news cycle, 24 hours a day, and I'm just watching them just get more and more stressed. And I'm just like, man, you can't do that. You know, you can't let them, you can't let them have that power in your life. So. So kind of going off, um, back in kind of the business direction, where do you find your inspiration? Um, so because I'm a business person, um, I follow, you know, a lot of business people. So I get a lot of inspiration from books when I feel like I, I can read them, you know, when I have time to read them. Um, I wish I could read a book a month or something like that, but I don't, but, um, I get a lot of stuff from there. I get a lot of inspiration, um, from, from YouTube and YouTube channels. And yeah, so I'm, I'm just kind of following stuff like that, you know, and I kind of go, I, I follow somebody until I kind of get bored with their message. And then I, they tend to lead me to somebody else or somebody gives me uh, another name and I can either pick up a book or watch their YouTube channel or whatever. So, or listen to podcasts that they're on. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of do that. One of the things that's interesting, um, I listen to when, so sometimes I'll get stuck, right? I'm either out of books or I'm out of people to watch online or it's deteriorated to a point where I'm just like, I can't watch another YouTube 
like recommended feed because it's just in a place I don't, you know, just yeah, you get going down the rabbit hole real quick. Exactly. Um, So I'll like circle back to like John Lee Dumas's podcast, uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and I'll find somebody on there um, that has like an interesting um, something interesting to read and then or to listen to, and then typically that'll lead me down some blog posts, podcasts, you know, books, whatever. So, um, but I think you just have to get out of your own way. You know, like we, we live in the situation where most photographers work by themselves and it's a very lonely place. And if you're an introvert, uh, like my wife, then you're doing great. If you're an extrovert like me, then you're not doing so great, but you also just need, no matter if you're introvert or extrovert, you just need different perspective, you know? And so, cause you don't have all the answers. And so anytime you can, you know, listen to somebody that has a different perspective than you, it can kind of pull you in a, in a, in a positive direction. So, well, and let's talk about kind of this, I guess it's a think tank that we get into as photographers where all of a sudden we start only looking at our immediate, you know, peers for inspiration. And then all of a sudden everything kind of starts looking the same and sounding the same how do you kind of escape that and get out and like you said, get out of your own way, but also move in a different direction than maybe the industry is kind of really just kind of solidified around at that point in time. Yeah. So what I typically do is I'll talk to people like outside of the industry or I'll talk to my clients, you know? Um, So one of the things I'll do, for example, is I'll reach out to like either a former client or somebody that's, just in a different industry, maybe one of my friends or whatever. And I'll just go to lunch with them and have a beer um, and talk about it. And it's just, and and I'll just spend a lot of time just like listening, like what is their perspective on the world? What are they thinking? Um, I'll give you a, a prime example of this. And it doesn't have to do with inspiration. It has to do with the virus is I, the first week we kind of went down this thing where I was, I was starting to tell myself and my wife was starting to tell herself that like everybody's not working you know, and that like literally the economy had stopped and that's part of what the news cycle is telling us. And I was like, okay, I'm going to test this theory. So we started doing like happy hour um, zoom calls with people. And I realized like the majority of my friends are still working. The majority of them, all, all of them said, yeah, it's not really much different than before. I'm just not going to the office. Um, which gave me a different perspective on how to position our business. When we come out of this, it's like, okay, you know, if 80% of the people are truly not working and have no money coming in, like we don't, then that's one perspective. But if 80% of the people are still working, they're just working from home, then that's a different position. I need to position my business when this is all over. Um, And so it's just, you know, just getting out of, you know, getting away from your desk and just talking to people outside the industry and just find out what's really going on. Um, I think, Senior, senior photographers do a pretty good job of that, of trying to keep up with seniors all the time and talk to them and they always get fresh perspectives there. Um, I think with family photographers and newborn photographers, they have to be a little bit more intentional about it because the ind- their particular niche doesn't lend them right to that. So, Well, I think, you know, it's, it's exactly like you said, their particular niche doesn't lend them to, to that. Whereas I think in, you know, seniors, I'm not sure if you guys do a model team or yeah. senior rep. Yeah, so you have that almost like a built in feedback source constantly. And a lot of senior photographers have some sort of feedback source versus the family and the newborn photographer. 
you might only see them once or twice during the entire course of shooting their session and then not ever again. So you don't really have that feedback unless you directly ask for it. So I think you, you know, it is niche specific where you have to almost go out and seek it in a way. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. And so I just think that's, what's really good. That's what, that's why I went to work for the fly shop. That's why um, I play fantasy football and I do things like that just because it lets me be around other people that are not photographers for sure. How'd you do in fantasy this year? Just quick aside. Oh, I I dominated like this year. I wish I, I wish I would have known I was going to bring this up just for fantasy football people. Like I almost wanted to retire after this year because I literally had the best draft in the world. And if you think of all the elite players, I had them all this year. Um, and I drafted that way. And then I just sat back and like won almost every game. Like, and that's never happened. I've, I've been playing fantasy football since we used to have the commissioner. We used to trade commissioners because you had to, you had to pick up the newspaper on Monday and go through and find everybody's stats in the newspaper and circle them and then like keep a sheet. So I've been playing for like way over 20 years. I think 19, I think 1990 was my first year playing. So that was 30 years ago. I've been playing fantasy football and this was the first year that I ever truly had a team that was like unstoppable. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I had, you know, there you know, probably the number of fantasy viewers we have listeners on this is probably slim to none, but um I think this year is the exact same. I auto-drafted because I think I was on a flight or during a session or something like that. So I think sure. I caught like the last 10, 15 minutes of the draft. And I looked at my auto draft and I had like Lamar Jackson and Michael Thomas and yeah, like literally like the number one and two of each position somehow. So I just got super lucky this year and I'll thank uh, whatever senior session I was shooting during my, my draft. I'll, I'll thank them for my winning season. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pull this up in the number, but yeah, Lamar Jackson was my quarterback. I had Christian McCaffrey and I had five, I have, I had, five of the top 10 running backs. And so at some point during the year, I was just trading them to try to upgrade my receivers and stuff like that. Um, it was a pretty fun year, but yeah, I mean, yeah. people, people were like, how did you draft this team? Like <laughs> it basically became a fight for who was going to get second place. No kidding. Um, and I'll, I, like I said, I, I'll never have a draft like that again. I'll never have a team like that again. This, this next year I'll probably come in last and, but it's fun. You know, it yeah, keeps- I, I alternate, you know, one year first and then the next five years, like, right bottom yeah so kind of looking outside of photography talking about fantasy football things that you do outside of photography to kind of keep you sane what do you, what are some hobbies that you have or things that you like to do outside of the business yeah so big fly fisherman um which gets me outside so i have so i moved to durango to fly fish and so we have it's like the Durango area is like the equivalent of Montana, just stuck in the corner of Colorado. So like we have a number of rivers that are all different and within an hour's drive. Um, I mean, if I said a, I had a, with every, within a three hour drive, which a lot of people, their closest river is three hours. I would say, you know, I have more rivers in, the, in a three hour drive than you could ever fish in a lifetime. And so I moved here and then I went, I, I went teaching and then I started the business and then probably about, four or five years ago, I was like, man, I am just not accomplishing this goal. You know, this is just, this is brutal. And so I said, I was going to fit, I was going to fly fish one day a week. And I did that. And it ended up turning like, by the time the fishing got really good in the fall and stuff, it was like two or three days a week, but it was like the funnest year I've ever had in my life. And I got so good at it and saw so much success just from the time that I put in it. And it was, it was really cool. Um, and then since then, my wife has got into it because she realizes if she wants to hang out with me outside of work, that's what we got to do. 
Um, and I, I've traveled the world, I, you know, I've gone to Mexico, um, and, 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 you know, the Bahamas to fish and gone all over the place to fish, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's my biggest hobby and which causes me also to tie my own flies at home. So like, um, my wife refers it to as man crafting cause I'll go up to my desk and I have like it all set up and I'll, I have all these materials and I tie flies and stuff. So I'll do that. Um, and then the other thing I do is sports. I, um, I don't do sports anymore, but I mean, I, I love going to the local, like, uh, hole in the wall on Sunday with my buddies. And we, we watch, um, the morning game and the afternoon game and we all have our teams and, um, you know, with the Broncos, right? Yeah. I'm a Broncos fan. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I drink beer with them and that's what we do on Sundays and Mondays. And, um, it's pretty fun. So that's mostly fishing and then mostly the NFL. I'm not a huge college football guy. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not a huge college football guy. Um, I used to play baseball and watch baseball. I don't really watch that anymore. I'm getting into soccer more and more. Um, cool. So yeah, so sports and fishing are the two main things. I love it. Um, what's next for your business and kind of the direction that your guys are taking it? So I mean, it, I, I think we're just going to make it super efficient is kind of the plan. Um, I have some stuff, you know, like up my sleeve in terms of my platform with matthoglin.com and stuff like that, that, um, will be coming out th- this year at some point, just like a major pivot I'm doing there and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just, I don't know. I, I just think we're going to get lean and mean, and I think we're already trending that way. And I think now we're going to be forced to go that way a little bit. Um, but I would like to, to spend to make more like everybody wants to do this, but I want to, I want to spend less time on my business and make more money so I can do fun stuff. You know, I've built this business that has a ton of market share in our business over the last 12 years. But the goal when we got in was not to have market share. It was to make enough money to go do all the fun things we want. So I want, you know, I want to spend a week in Montana this year and I want to spend, you know, a week in Mexico this year and do things like that. Um, but you know, if we don't, if we don't start making decisions in our business, then another year will go by and we will have, won't have not done that. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I'll give you a second to think about this, but I got another question for you after it. I always like to end the podcast or wrap it up with one question that you have to ask the listener. So if you're listening, just screenshot it on, on Instagram stories, tag Matt, senior style guide, and myself, so that we can say um, hello and just reply to your to your answer. So I'll give you a second to think about that question. It can literally be anything. It could be life. It can be personal. It can be business related. Anything. But first, what's one piece of advice? Or actually, let's do this. Let's do um, your three things that you want to tell another photographer that you have learned throughout your business. Kind of like almost like a roadmap for them going forward. Um, sure. So I think uh, one of the things that um, I would recommend to any photographer, whether they're starting or established is that you have to remember it's not about you. And at every different part of the journey um, of this, that means different things. Right. So there's been times when I've been super humble. There's been times where like, you know, my ego or my swagger got in the way. And so um, just remember that this business that you're in is not is not necessarily about you. Yeah, you're an artist and stuff like that, but it's not about you. Without your clients and the client stories, you know, there's not a lot there. Um, so that would be one piece. Um, the second piece I would tell is that you have to get your finances under control, um, whether that's doing profit first or um, 
anything, I would say the number one thing that you should probably do when you get when this time ends is that you should um, sit down with a financial advisor and get all that figured out. The sooner you can do that, the better um, because you'd be surprised how fast 12 years goes by or I have people on my podcast have been in the industry for 25 years and they feel like they just started yesterday and very few people ever save for retirement and we don't have that luxury. Um, and then the, 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 and then the third thing is really just, you know, just put the time in to, to make yourself better every day. Um, and who knows where that's going to be. That could be on the business side. That could be on the photography side. That could be on the sales side. It doesn't matter, but just keep putting the work in, um, and making yourself better, even when it feels like you're stuck in the mud a little bit. So. I love it. Um, where can people find you on social media, online, all that stuff? Yeah. So they probably, the, the most, what you're going to want to see is our photography. So you just follow at Allison Ragsdale on Instagram or allisonragsdalephotography.com and you can see what we're doing work-wise. Um, you're welcome to follow at Matt Hoagland on Instagram, but it's mostly going to just be me traveling the world fly fishing. So <laughs> if you're into that, go ahead. Um, but I do have an education website, matthoagland.com, um, where I have like a, fr I, I rotate through some free classes that I teach and stuff like that. So right now I have one up there about um, how to build what to wear guides and use those as lead magnets and stuff like that. So it's a free 30 minute class. At the end of the classes, you can buy my guides if you want. And what I've been telling people is like, if you want the shortcut, buy the guides, but you know what? We have the gift of time right now. So if you want to build your own right now, this is probably the best time to do it. Um, just depends on your personality. So um, feel free to watch that class for free. I don't over email. I've been in that phase of my life where I was sending out like emails every day. I don't do that anymore. Um, you know, and so um, feel free to opt in and you'll get a couple emails a year about the podcast and about new classes that came out. That's about it. Um, so yeah, that's, that, those are the probably the best places to find me. Super cool. And then going back to that question. So if you're, you're listening, stick stuck around till the end, thank you for listening to the end. And then um, and if you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and leave this in the comments section. If you're on Instagram, like I mentioned, screenshot it, share it to your story, tag us um, at Allison Ragsdale, at Matt Hoagland, at Senior Style Guide, and then at Sean Brown Productions, just so that we can answer it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think it's Corona, but just <laughs> right. a something. Yeah. Um, what's one question that you want to ask the audience for them to answer? Um, I would say if I had to ask them one question, I would say, what do you believe your gift to your clients really is? And that can go, you can answer that a number of different ways, but I think just even searching for that answer will help people move in the right direction during this time. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I think that it was beyond what we could have asked for from you. Tons of inspiration and advice from you. And I think that your story is really hopefully going to help people along the way as they kind of figure their journey out in photography or even just life. So thank you so much for being on. Yeah. And I'm excited because I got you to commit to being on uh, mine and Kaya's podcast as well. So you did. So yeah. I'll be there. So the, the, the tough questions are coming your way too. So with perfect. Everybody feel free to reach out to me if um, anything I'm around it for sure. Cool. Well, Matt, thanks so much for being on. Hopefully, I think our connection got a little wonky at the end, so hopefully that didn't get cut off on the podcast, but cannot wait to be on your guys' podcast. And for the rest of Senior Style Guide, we'll see you guys on the next episode. That wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. 
We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook in the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us. And we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and we'll see you around.